that $50,000 rise in real estate prices is comparable to an interest rate going up and nothing happening. So demand is high. The price of properties goes up $50,000, which is basically the same price with an interest rate hike. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast, your high octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips here with Heather Marchant in the same city in completely separate locations. So (laughs) That is really ironic and such a bummer. It is. It looks like I'm in uh, San Francisco, but I am not sitting outside next to the Golden Gate Bridge, but in a hotel in Salt Lake. And we're just going to do a market update today. I, I read this great article. I agree with almost everything in it. And we get these questions all the time, Heather, about yeah. the market. Like All the time. I was just talking to one of my partners today. I was like, man, it just feels a lot like 2007, but none of the data says that it's like 2007. And then there's this whole... What happens when interest rates go up? Because they have to, Mm -hmm. right? That's right. So anyway, I thought we'd just take some excerpts from this article and then just have a conversation about what is happening, like what in the world is going on. I'm not going to be shocked if our inflation numbers are completely out of control. We already know that they're well in excess of 5% because they've admitted to that much, Mm -hmm. which means it's well in excess of that. It's out of control is what it is. And it's at least double digits, I think, right now. Yeah. I mean, this article says something so crazy that I'd never really seen a number like this out there. It says at the start of the pandemic, there was about $4 trillion in circulation, and now there is $6.8 trillion. And if they pass this ludicrous yeah. spending bill, there will be another somewhere between two and a half and three and a half trillion dollars yeah. out. I mean, it's absolutely out of control out of control. So we have a real supply and demand problem, right? We have low interest rates right now. We have crazy high demand. That's driving prices north, substantially a lot of markets, right? Mm -hmm. Interest rates are still at record lows. I mean, they're not too far off of where I was able to refinance my house. I mean, maybe half a point, which is still record low. And we were just kind of chuckling about this Back in 2007, one of the big differences is that back in 2007, interest rates were like six. Yeah. We were like, it was like throwing a party. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, seriously, when they got down to like 6%, we were like, what is this? No kidding. And I mean, now they're in the threes. It's absolutely nuts. So this article talks about millennials. I mean, millennials are, everybody I think thinks that millennials are, you know, super young. They're not anymore. Yeah. I'm just old now, apparently. You're because just younger than me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whew, what does it say? Uh, they're turning 40 at the rate of about 10,000 a day for the next 10 years. So we heard something similar to that with baby boomers, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, think of it on the opposite end. Now we have millennials who are, they're going to be turning 40 for the mm-hmm. next decade, 10,000 a day, right? So they're not this whole renter pool that there used to be, they want to own houses now. And man, so anyway, interest rates have to rise. So the question is, and I think the question this article poses is, what effect is that going to have on house prices, right? I mean, common sense, Heather says, interest rates go up, prices stagnate or drop. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because but, it's all about the monthly payment. My husband's been trying to convince me to move to a more expensive house. And he's like, yeah, but the interest rates, like it's so low and take our equity. And that wouldn't be the same if interest rates were high, It'd be a harder choice. Right. I mean, the question is what happens? And you rightly said what you said about the inflation numbers and how much dollars are actually circulating. Yeah. Fed has a few levers that they get to maneuver around. And I don't want to go into a big dissertation about the Fed and how all of that works, but taking money out of the economy to control prices a little bit, that's a complicated thing, but it's something that they kind of have to do at some point here. And they're going to have to raise interest rates at some point here. When you have like a flood of money in the market and there's a ton of money, well, then it's pretty cheap to get money. But when the money is pulled back in and there's not as much cash, well, then it's more expensive to get cash. And that's just a really simplistic version of how that works. So are we experiencing a housing bubble? And is the interest rates rising going to completely screw it up, pop it, deflate it? I don't know. Yeah. I never know that we've been here. And so this is all kind of speculation, but supposedly if rates go up, then prices would stop rising. That would be a normal market. I just don't think this is a normal market. Exactly. If it was without the supply and demand problem. Right. So we've got this interest rate thing that's kind of looming. We know that interest rates are going to go up at some point here. We have these people who are not quite in foreclosure, but they've been on all of these programs and those are all coming due. When those come due, man, what's that going to do? Flood the market, right? Yeah. So they talk about some other numbers on here. Current estimated housing shortage stands at around five and a half to six million in-demand homes. That's so crazy. Which, I mean, just take a second and actually just think that through. It's a lot. And people are like, how did we get here? Like we've talked about this on the podcast before, Heather. We didn't build anywhere even close to enough houses for nearly a decade. Mm -hmm. And now we're reaping what we sowed from before. Yeah. And with all of the shortages of being able to get supplies. I mean, you can't build stuff or get someone out to repair stuff or get parts. And so it slowed construction down. So I think that's when it finally manifested itself and everyone woke up because people couldn't work for a while with social distancing. And I remember talking to several of our rehabbers and builders and they're like, yeah, social distancing on a job site is really tough. It makes all of the project timeline just slows to a crawl. So what building we were doing got stagnated by COVID and exacerbated the problem. Yeah. I mean, so it talks about the median selling price in the US is around $375,000. I mean, which with the interest rates, the way they are is really not that much right in a payment. Mm -hmm. But that means with some kind of a conservative estimate, there's a demand of $2 trillion ready to be borrowed if we had enough homes, which mm -hmm. we don't. Right, We don't have enough homes. But if we did, the question is, what is the impact of higher interest rates on this $2 trillion of excess demand? And I think that's a really, really good question. But I don't know that it's going to have as big of an effect as everybody thinks. And that's because of this crazy demand that we've got, right? Yeah. I may be wrong, but I just don't see it. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, I have seen, I mean, the markets have slowed in general, like it does when school goes back in session, 
as far as us being able to find properties. The availability of properties last quarter, which ran mostly through the summer months, for us was brutal. <laughs> I mean, it felt like way harder than it normally was to get, especially new developments. And I've had people reach out to me. I've reached out to a couple of our builders we haven't worked with in a little while because their market's been going crazy. And they're now talking about, hey, I may have some stuff for you. Hey, Heather, like it's, mm -hmm. that has definitely changed in the last, I would say, 30 days. But that also lines up with when schools go back in session. So that usually helps. <laughs> so I think they talk about this and what happens with interest rates. And I'm just going to read a little bit of this. It says, home worth 375 today at record low interest rate of 2.8 would result in around $100,000 of interest to be paid over a 30-year period. Now, like nobody really keeps a 30-year mortgage, but let's just go with it, right? Making the total dollar purchase price closer to 475. So if interest rates were to jump to 6% at an additional $100,000, making the total 575. If the rates rise to 8, the total cost jumps to 675,000. I mean, those are big numbers. Yeah. But let's put things into perspective. Since the pandemic started, median home prices have reached over $50,000 and there have been like zero signs of anything slowing down or stopping. Mm -hmm. Maybe a little bit in some markets. That $50,000 rise in real estate prices is comparable to an interest rate going up and nothing happening. So let that sink in just a second, right? So demand is high. The price of properties goes up $50,000, which is basically, I mean, it's yeah. the same price with an interest rate hike. And demand is just as high as it was. So if a buyer has to choose between an interest rate with a $50,000 more expensive home or a $50,000 lower purchase price coupled with a higher interest rate, it doesn't really make that much difference. So interesting. The math of that is so interesting. If the Fed goes crazy, which, well, they're already psycho. So, I mean, it wouldn't take much to make them go a little bit more crazy. Things could change. Things could go to 5% or 6%. I don't know that it's going to have that much of an effect on the house prices because of the demand. This article points out that some potential home buyers might give up for now, might continue living with their parents or friends. But even if half of the demand of the housing demand that's out there, right, this $2 trillion disappears, we still don't have enough homes. Yeah. And you can't convince me right now that half of the $2 trillion of people out there looking for homes want to keep living with their parents. So you just can't convince me of that. Mm -hmm. They want to go buy houses. They want to go out and be on their own. So will the market flatline? I don't know, maybe for a little bit. Then there's this overarching, what happens if all of this inventory that's kind of sitting there in limbo, if these people decide to sell? And I think the other article we read, Heather, it was talking about if 50% of those people decided to sell, mm -hmm. right? If they couldn't make their payments up and they, they were forced to put their properties on the market. We still don't have enough properties. Exactly. We still don't have enough. Now, I do think that there's going to be localized areas where some of those big batches of houses hit the market and the markets are kind of already oversaturated and they're already overpriced. People are leaving those areas and the markets have already flatlined. I think those markets actually will have a problem. But the markets where there's jobs, demand, people moving there, <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I just don't understand how in the world you interrupt supply demand to the point where you don't have people still needing properties. And that's going to force prices to remain high, at least stabilize, if not continue to rise, just maybe not completely out of control. Yeah. Slow it down. This article says that the median home price since the pandemic started has gone up that $50,000. So that's median. Like that's <laughs> so it's a ton. And people, yeah. I mean, and people are still paying it. As a matter of fact, they're still paying more than that, right? The number is still going up. And it's the same as if the housing prices had flatlined and we had an interest rate right, spike and they're still buying them, that, which would mean that the prices would still be going up. Mm-hmm. So if the property value were still 375 next year, the rates went up, they're in effect paying that $50,000 more anyway. But there's not enough houses, which means that they're still going to have to outbid their neighbor to be able to get the house. In certain markets like the one I live in and the one that you live in, Heather, I mean, people can't find a house. That's why I haven't sold mine. Same with me. Because where am I going to go? There's no houses to buy. And (laughs) I don't want to- Dreaming big and not- I don't want to be in a bidding war against people. I don't want to do that right now. And I think there's a lot of people in that scenario as well, which is also kind of crippling the market because Mm -hmm. people aren't selling their houses. So on one hand, it would kind of be nice if some of these people actually did put their properties up for sale so that we could just yeah. kind of get a little bit of this pent up demand out of the market and let things normalize a little bit. Even in a normal market, the market increases. Exactly. It's only in a down market, folks, which you have to have oversupply for that to happen. And we don't have oversupply. We have undersupply. I don't know. I thought this was kind of a smart article, especially the way that they talked about this. And I would tell anybody out there who's thinking about buying a house, interest rates do make a big difference. Having them at for owner occupied house, having them sub three. I know. If the interest rates go up to five and the prices don't come down, you have really missed an opportunity to have a low payment on a nice home. And I don't think that's just a selling point from realtors right now. I think that's legitimate math that you really need to think through. Yeah. And I mean, if inventory is going to chill out a little bit on our rental side of things, I mean, I'm buying as fast as I can with interest rates being low. I mean, when I have enough money in my savings account, I'm trying to take advantage of the low interest rates, more cash flow. It's just, and less taxes. Yeah. I mean, anybody out there who's got an apartment that Ron can buy, let me know. (laughs) I'm very actively looking right now. They're very, very difficult to find. At least good deals. You can find apartment buildings you can way overpay for all day long. But yeah, if anybody out there has an apartment deal. I'm your Huckleberry. Please reach out. <laughs> Invest at rpcinvest.com. Let me know. Yeah. Happy to partner with you or <laughs> give you a big fat finder's fee, whatever. So that's like a that's a big teaser right there. You just left. I need an apartment before the end of the year. Yeah. Badly. So otherwise I just gotta hand over money to the government, which I really dislike doing, as you guys know. Because they're just gonna piss it away. Exactly. I mean, like they're I so may as well buy an asset and have it instead. So yep. if anybody can find something, let me know. Invest at rpcinvest.com. Uh, that was a very shameless plug. Yeah. But you know what? I have several clients that I should reach out to that just scour deals all the time, and maybe they'll find something for you. How fun would, would that love be? It. It's like a yeah. little contest. Maybe yeah. we'll interview you and talk about how you found it. It'll be not a normal fat. It'll be pH fat. <laughs> Pretty hot and tempting fat. pH fat. <laughs> finder's fee. So that was not planned. That's amazing. 
Nope, but I need one really bad. So any of you who are deal hounds out there, let me know. Yeah, because I'm punking Ron by saying how many properties I'm buying. This is so bad. Me and my partner just talked to him today and he's like, you got to buy something. I'm like, I know. Like, tell me what. Yeah. Show me. I'll buy it. We just tried to buy an apartment the other day and it was supposedly rehabbed and the numbers were great. Sent the team by. It's not rehabbed. Uh, It's in a war zone. I was like, come on. You told me about that one. I thought it was so disappointing. So disappointing. Anyway, yeah, and it was a little one. It was like 36 units. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Give me something. I'll buy two or three of those. It's fine, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, that's brutal, man. Brutal. We're out here making something happen. So hopefully all of you are making something happen. End of the year is coming up. We're in the yeah. last home stretch, man. Man, you better get with your CPA, figure out what you need, and then give us a ring. We just told, yeah. we were just on a panel, Heather and I, and we were telling people like, look, If you don't understand what's happening in the market, maybe this will help you understand what's happening in the market. We just got 75 townhomes to sell, which seems like a lot, Heather. Well, it was 115. It was 75 existing. Okay, so 115. We didn't even advertise it. Like we didn't even send it out to the list, nothing. We just had our sales team reach out to the people who they know are looking right now. Mm -hmm. And we had 200, how many? 206, I think. 207, something like that. 206 people for 115 doors. That is what's happening right now in the market. So if you need something before the end of the year, you might want to call, just email us, investedrpcinvest.com. Don't call me in in 30 days. (laughs) It's like going Range Rover on 28th, thinking that you're going to get a Range Rover for your write-off. It ain't happening. So don't wait till the 28th. And I can tell you for sure that Land Rover... That ain't happening. If you're planning on buying a car towards the end of the year, I went to Land Rover the other day. They had one Range Rover. One. One. Wow. In addition to them having one, they had it marked up $20,000 above sticker. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely out of control. The guys are like, we don't even know when we're getting anymore. And when they come in, they're sold immediately. So if you're trying to plan for tax, you need to plan now, like right now. Yep. You need to figure this out. It'll so real estate, automobiles, anything else, probably anything else that you're buying for a write-off towards the end of the year, you got to get all over it because there just isn't in pretty much every sector, there isn't the supply, <laughs> which is making even cars exactly. worth a fortune. Almost everything worth a fortune. I think I'm pretty sure after next year, if I wanted to sell my Corvette that I've driven now, I think I could sell it for more than I bought it for. Yeah. That's what the word and on the I street paid is. above sticker. And I think I could sell it after driving it several thousand miles. Pretty sure I could sell it for more than I paid for it. That's out of control right now. Not going to get any better, folks. The government is a hot mess. It is a hot <laughs> mess. So, all well, right, I'll everybody. Make something happened before the end of the year, folks. Got to do it. Okay, guys. Appreciate you. Keep listening. Give us a thumbs up. Write us a review, share us with everybody, make something happen. Bye, everyone. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.